Hello, everyone. I am Matt Burton. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. I want to tell you guys about Anytime Fitness Gyms. Our partnership with 23rd Street Anytime Fitness just started, and we couldn't be more excited. If you're in central Oklahoma City and thinking about getting a head start on a New Year's resolution or wanting to work off the beer and food from Saturday, head to Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker next to the Drake Restaurant in uptown Oklahoma City. You get 24-7 access, private parking located behind the building, everything you'd need for your fitness goals. I mean, what more could you ask for? Don't worry if you don't live near this particular Anytime Fitness. With over 10 locations in Oklahoma City as well as multiple locations in Tulsa and Dallas, you'd be set. Just come into the 23rd Street location to sign up, and you're free to use any of Anytime's facilities 24-7. Tell them you heard about the deal from Through the Keyhole. Be sure to like and share Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Follow them there for updates on deals and other cool activities. The gym is looking forward to over 40,000 upgrades in equipment and amenities over the next year, so beat the rush and join the best gym in town. Join now for the $1 enrollment program going on now through the end of October. Again, that's 23rd Street Anytime Fitness on Walker and 23rd by The Drake. Tell them Through the Keyhole sent you. Now, here's Brady and Keegan on Through the Keyhole. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to Through the Keyhole Thursday, X's and O's, as we prepare for Kansas State. We are live, as you can be live on a podcast, from Vanessa House Beer Company, Broadway Nate in Oklahoma City, the best local brewery in Oklahoma City, if I do say so myself. And guess what? It's Emo Night. It's Bingo Bango Songo. It's already packed in there, so we had to scurry on into the back to avoid uh, taking up a table because that's the last thing I want to do. I want to take away business uh, from the tap room. But come check out Vanessa House if you're ever in town, if you ever need some beers for the game. And you don't want to, and you're just tired of Bud Light and Coors Light, Miller Light, Keystone, whatever you're drinking. I know like the kids, the kids that listen to this podcast, when I say kids, I mean the college kids. Do yourself a favor and graduate from Keystone now. I know it's cheaper, but let's not act like we're broke. We're in college. We're not that broke. So come on down. Bring your rich ass on down. Bring your daddy's debit card down to Vanessa House Beer Company and have a ball. Drink responsibly, of course, and you need to be 21 to purchase alcohol. That that should really go without saying, but my lawyers, our team of lawyers here at Through the Keyhole, which have been... Um, on the phones all day because of a Ill, an ill-timed Spencer Rattler video, which we might discuss at some point. Um, yeah, the lawyers told me to tell, tell you that. But we're here, and uh, you're going to have to get used to that. And also, one more programming note that you heard Matt Burton uh, tell you guys on the promo, on the intro, whatever it's called, we are now powered by Anytime Fitness. Yay! We got a sponsor! Yay! Keegan, yay. Yay! Th- there you go. Yay, yeah. Matt. There you Woo. go. There we go. That's the enthusiasm I'm looking for here at Through the Keyhole. But yes, shout out to Anytime Fitness, particularly the one on 23rd and Walker in Uptown OKC. Details to come for that. You've already heard some already. So let's get right to it. Brady Trantham here along with Keegan Renault and Matt Burton. Guys, how are we doing today? 
I'm uh, it's been like you said. It's been hard to kind of get around and mosey around today. I wouldn't call this the uh, ultimate cold front that came through. Not like we normally have. We usually have that one that just comes in freaking. It's a moist front, man. It is, Whew. and it takes out like the weather for a week, like you know, like a week. It goes from like 90 to 70 in like a matter of days. And this one, not necessarily as much, but it is humid and rainy and soggy and. Kind of mm. what I guess what they're anticipating it to be like in Manhattan on Saturday, allegedly. Really, allegedly. So that that's not good because that means that uh, everything won't be ideal, and we know what happens to this offense when things aren't ideal. Oh boy, what if there's a slight breeze? It's okay, guys. Joe Clatt will explain in a nine-minute video why the weather is why Spencer Rattler wasn't able to complete that pass. It's not his fault, everybody. Everybody, please understand and look. Admit, let's just go ahead and lay this out. Keegan and I disagree on Spencer Rattler a little bit in some areas, but mainly this. And this is also just me having fun, but I just want everybody to understand it's not Spencer Rattler's fault. It's not all his fault. No, yeah, and that's not what we – I think we just – where he should be at at this point in his voyage at Oklahoma. I think that's probably where we disagree on I like the that. Most. Voyage. Yeah, and it was – it was to be expected, you know, like I've, I still stand by this. Like no matter what, it was going to be the Texas game for me. Can he show up in the Cotton Bowl under that kind of pressure and that kind of environment against that kind? Well, what, well, what I thought was that kind of defense. It could be. Who knows? It, show up in that environment and understand things. He took a step forward last week, a step forward that we have not seen yet. But the rest of the team took a step back and then – when he was not taking any steps, the rest of the team was taking steps forward. It's kind of that weird dynamic this offense is in right now. And I I can't really think about a time when the offense has been this kind of out of sorts. Yeah, that's, that's how you lose the hokey pokey. Like, you got to follow direction. So when Spencer Rattler takes a step forward, everybody else go with him. Please. When Spencer Rattler takes a step back, keep going forward. <laughs> <laughs> and then you guys got to turn yourselves around. Yeah, turn that's yourself basically. around. That's what it's all about. And for s- sure. Please score more than 30 points against Kansas State. Is that too much to ask for, Keegan? It's a, it's that possession thing. I mean, you got to be weary of that. Who knows? It, it, that, that is complimentary football a little bit. The defense has to adjust a little bit quicker. This week will be another test of that, Brady. And who knows? I... Like I said, I'm I'm in the place of I'm happy to see some progression finally because, my God, I was sick and tired of seeing him stare down things and not see guys drop off the line of scrimmage and not understand coverages and do that. And then he laid it out this week <laughs> on his press conference about exactly what he was seeing, and I was like, holy crap. Like, he finally gets it. Now, his honesty got the best of him because it sounded like he was making an excuse. But, again, I I'm in a place of go to Kansas State, Keep taking steps. They're going to run freaking cover three at you the entire game, just like West Virginia did. Figure it out, you and Lincoln together, and then see if the rest of the offense could kind of come with you guys. And like I said to you, you know, was it earlier this week and maybe in some text messages, but the target that they're putting on his back's not helping him either with this kind of divide between him and family and Lincoln now in, in the fan base. But it's just – I don't understand it, man. I don't – do you get where I'm coming from yeah, on that? Yeah, it, it's it's it's, um, it's not good optics. It's just, especially when you are kind of angling yourself to already be a professional athlete. It's like, okay, if you're just more than just Spencer Rattler, the football player, and when you're getting paid a lot of money because of your football talents, 
mean, that's kind of how you view yourself. I mean, that's how the modern athlete views themselves is just more than what they are. It's they are the brand. Like they are, they are an entity unto themselves. LeBron James is a is a brand. Uh, Kevin Durant is a brand. Uh, Tom Brady is a brand, and that's why they do all these weird social media videos. That's why they do all these other things because they understand that twenty four seven, they have the ability to spread whatever message they want to spread, or make any dollar that they can make otherwise. So when you're doing that, you've got to be cognizant of understanding that you do have a fan base that wants to root for you no matter what like Tom Brady is always going to have his diehard fans no matter if he plays like crap or if he wins the Super Bowl he's going to have his base LeBron James has his base they're all over on Twitter trying to tell you that he's better than Michael Jordan which is a complete and utter lie but uh, he has his base Spencer Rattler and uh and friends I'll just say Spencer Rattler and co you know they're they're doing a good job of Painting that line between... They're just poking it. They're poking it. They're just, it's that fire that's burning, and they're just stoking it. And Keegan, it. Let, let us acknowledge that if any of us, Matt, well, I'd, I'd throw Matt under this bus as well, if any of us had kids playing quarterback at OU, sure, and no they doubt. were getting criticized, 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 I, I'd just say that it, it's not my style to get in arguments on Twitter. Like, you might think so, because I'm always on Twitter. But yeah, I you I, and I have definitely... Have, Chilled. Not. I mean, mess me. Having having discourse with somebody that I know personally is one thing. Cr- like cr- getting in fights with people <laughs> yeah. or trying to start a fire with strangers. Like that's. I have no time for that. No doubt. So even if I had a kid, I would hope that I'd still feel the same way. But it'd be very hard not to mm-hmm. when everybody and their dog would have an, a negative opinion about your son. Or if you if we have a daughter that was playing sports, like yes, the same thing. So uh, I completely understand that, but. Again, you represent more than just you, the player on the field. You do have a fan base that wants to like you, that wants to root for you. And it all this could have just been fixed with just this. Whenever after the Tulane game, the Nebraska game, just a kind of a smile and man, yeah, I didn't play played that crap. I need to be better. Everybody would have been like, I like that. Yeah. It everybody would have forgotten the Missing the wide open guy on the leak route. Everybody would have forgotten about for, like the force throw that almost got picked on the beginning of the Nebraska game uh, when he's trying to throw it away. All that stuff would have got forgotten if it's just a little bit of self awareness. Mm-hmm. And I, I even hate having this conversation because I don't. I'm not here to try to be armchair psychologist, but that's what we're talking about here is just poking that bear of it's not my son's fault. And don't boo the kid. You know, yeah. like the kid argument will never leave because they will always be kids to somebody according to their narrative, even though they're adults technically, and even though Spencer Rattler makes more money than the three of us combined forever. Right now. Li- and will and will likely do it for forever. And will likely do it for forever. But he's a kid, remember. But just like the Joel Klatt video told you for eight minutes, don't boo him. Boo the offensive line. They're not kids. They're adults. Yeah, and they're they des- not helping. They, they deserve helping. your booze. It's not helping. None of, none of it is. And I think that we took a, a very good approach to it on Tuesday, right? In terms of, you know, seeing the Nebraska game, and obviously we have a view that nobody else has, but seeing the Nebraska game now for what it was, in that he did miss some opportunities that he should have picked up on, and then the West Virginia game was definitely just a system failure all around them. And again, you got to kind of you can't it can't be both ways. I mean, 
I would prefer one of them to be bad and one of them not. You know, not like that. But I would prefer like if Rattler to take a step and everybody else just be average around them like that day, and it doesn't look a lot different. Like last week was Rattler was good, and everybody else was just. I mean, assignments. We we've talked about routes. We talked about all this stuff. You know, in the weeks prior. Everybody else was doing fine, and Rattler wasn't doing what he needed to do. So it, it all goes hand-in-hand. Hand. You know, we talked about this on Tuesday. Like, when you pro- do project forward, like, that West Virginia game is going to be a very important one in the film study. Like, anybody that comes to me, Brady, and is asking me about Spencer, I, you know this, anybody that talks to me, I go, have you watched the Baylor game yet <laughs> from last year? Like, are you sure? are you sure you're 100% on him being the top guy this year? Like, have you watched the Baylor game? Yeah. And now, for me, like, if someone comes to me, it's like, check out the West Virginia game. He figured some stuff out in there that we haven't seen. Now it's just moving forward and continuing to take those steps. And I think that, you know, by the end of the year, I said this to you today, Brady, and we'll, I know we're not in the Kansas State yet, but you go look at the end of the year, and if he excels against this defense this week, which is what he's going to see basically throughout the rest of the year now, which I was not aware that Kansas State changed their defense after last year. What, the 3-3-5? Three, three, yeah, it's new. It's Oklahoma. It's it's the I mean, it's Iowa State to a T is what it is. And if he performs this week, like, it's a great thing for him. I wanted to say this. We haven't actually – I don't know if anybody's ever said that, talked about this or whatever, but could you see the moment that happened last Saturday, everything that's happening this week, the fallout from it, Brady – is that almost a good thing for Caleb Williams to be like, now he understands before he ever goes into a game kind of what the expectation is going to be like? Yeah. Like, do you see that perspective? Because like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, if I'm Caleb Williams on the sideline, it's like, oh, shit. This is a different ball game. <laughs> <laughs> ah, these, what is wrong with these people? I'm, I'm just here to learn year one, guys. Maybe I'll come in here for like a Caleb Williams package <laughs> or whatever, but... Uh, maybe I'll come in in garbage time whenever that you know decides to show itself. Like I thought sure. we'd have a few garbage, Caleb Williams performances by now, but no, can't have nice things. Uh, but you know, before we get any further, Matt, are we closer to what wherever we're supposed to be than we were on Tuesday? Are we closer? Oh, we're close, very close, Keegan. I I think we are. I think the the biggest thing is that he's got to trust, and at the end of the day, stop putting this damn target on your back. I'll say this. I texted some people this week and basically was like, he finally looked like a franchise quarterback. Can he start acting like it? I said that, by the way, for all the stuff that I've – I was the right in-house Spencer Rattler hater last year. Yeah. Now it's like – you see it's like, can you just start acting like it? Well, my my last thing on Spencer before we get deeper into like the Kansas State matchup, mm-hmm. and we, we'll probably talk about Spencer again in terms of his relation to what Kansas State's going to throw at him, but – you know, I jokingly told you this, and I, I'm really, I really struggle with this because football is the ultimate team sport. OU, let's let's think. In 2000, it wasn't all Josh Heupel. Mm-hmm. Josh Heupel was a very big part, but it wasn't just Josh Heupel. 2008, when they got to the national title, it wasn't just Sam Bradford, but he was a very big part of it. So, us doing this entire song and dance about basically shaming the 194th of the fan base who chanted for Caleb Williams. And I'm not even I'm not even really onto the fans the following drive where they went three and out for there I didn't hear any boos. It was just a whole bunch of uh you know there was a lot there of There were t- some boos on TV if I And you know what? Correctly. So be it. 
Uh, yeah, that's so, not a big deal. So be it. It's it's a sports. You know, it's it's sports. So cry me a river if you can't handle some booze when you've been promised a forty-five point per game. And I know points per game isn't the most important thing in the world, but when you're promised that out of your offense and they can't even, they barely score 16 against a mid-tier, like, yeah, you're going to get a lot of pissed off people. So, But my point is, and I jokingly texted you this earlier, is I guess Kyler's and Baker's teammates never did anything wrong because Baker and Kyler were great, right? You know, mm-hmm. they were great. So I guess CeeDee Lamb never ran a wrong route. I, I guess Charleston Rambo never did. I guess... Cody Ford never missed an assignment. Creed Humphrey never missed an assignment. <laughs> Those guys because were a little bit better to be able to do that they, and overcome. They were a little bit better, of <laughs> course, but the point is, I mean, do we think OU's offensive line today is trash? They've played like no. trash, but do we think that their talent is trash? No. No, they're not. And it's one of those things where, like, it's what I said on Tuesday, right? Like, he can't – now that that play we're talking about with Hazelwood, like, busting his route and whatever, right? Yeah. Like, he can't now assume that Drake's going to just be open because that corner has now seen it. Like if like Hazelwood's on this side and Drake's inside uh, and Hazelwood's running a vertical route, like why not that corner just cut that off and come make a play? Like if he's just going to throw it and it's a timing route, it has to be done that way. But he can't just assume that stuff. He can't assume that they're going to – like, you know, I again, I said this to you. Like credit to him for the honesty to basically be like – they busted a coverage, and I knew they busted a coverage after the fact, but I didn't realize it real time because I had seen like what I thought I had to see, and we obviously have a good view of what he was looking at. Yep. And he did what he was supposed to do. He just forgot to look at the final piece of the field. Yep. And so it's, it's, it's that thing. It's that he just can't – he's got to keep growing and assume. But like, like you said, I, I don't think every team has had – every guy doing everything right. Like, when you go look at the – I'm not comparing offenses here, but, like, the 2019 offense for LSU relied on a lot of timing and a lot of trust that guys are going to be where they need to be. They were running the right routes. And when they were, my God, that machine was unbelievable. Yeah. 2017, the same way. And that stuff didn't just happen overnight. Now, again, I'm not sitting here, like, making – I hope it doesn't sound like I'm making excuses or anything. It's just – it's been so just – Miss, there's been so many missed assignments, like offensively, and it's it's a characteristic, yeah, and it's it's, it's weird. weird. What's up, everybody? Just like Matt told you at the beginning, just wanted to reiterate: Anytime Fitness, Twenty Third Street, Uptown, Walker, right next to the Drake Restaurant. Go check it out. Go check it out. Go check it out. Go check it out. I'm telling you, two years ago. I walked into the gym for the first time in a few years, basically since college, and I was just as intimidated as a lot of you might be. And I'm here to tell you, if I can do it after two years, every other day, every day, then you can do it. Get a head start on your New Year's resolutions, as we all know you're going to have them. And go check out Uptown 23rd Street Anytime Fitness. You can sign up there, the dollar a month uh, deal going on for the month of October. Uh, they're going to get much more equipment over the next few months with new ownership. We're excited for that. It's a great gym. It's a great location. Great people. It's a fun place to go. I never have to wait for equipment. You never have to wait for something. It's a great, great place to be. It's fun to be. Go check it out. We would greatly appreciate it. Tell them through the keyhole sent you, and Garrett will set you up. And then again, 
you sign up with Anytime Fitness and you're able to use any facility that you can wherever you are. There are Anytime Fitnesses all over the place. So it's not just Uptown on 23rd. You sign up there and then you're able to use it wherever you need to use it. So go check it out. We would appreciate it. But now back to the show. No, like the missed block. What what drives you real quick on this? What drives you more crazy, the missed blocks or the obviously the missed throws or I mean either of those things? The missed blocks, just because that that influences two things, you know, like the passing game and the running game mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, a frustrating thing for me as well is like constant, like any random OU highlight I've watched is watching Anton Harrison just get beat. Mm-hmm. He has been, he has been bad, and admittedly, that's me like thinking of a handful of plays and I'm, I'm sure if you watched every single play and graded him well Brady his grade is actually not as bad as you'd think it's like well then how come every time I pay attention to him he's chasing the guy that he's supposed to be blocking you know and then, oh I'm but, not far off from but, you there but shame on me for not you know grading the kid but or the adult the grown man my biggest problem with Spencer thus far is knowing that guys are going to have busts guy like guys are going to miss a block Guys are going to run the wrong route, and I've just I've not seen anything that gives me the confidence that Spencer Rattler can overcome that because he seems like a guy who will only thrive if he's put in a perfect situation. And I mean, even like the first pick he threw this season against Tulane in the second play of the year, the protection was great. It yeah, wasn't he like f- he done effed up on that. It, one. He just screwed up because he just assumed that oh, I thought the play that worked last year was just going to work again, and I'm going to throw to a spot on the field. Mm-hmm. And he learned from that, as you've told me. Like, no, not until after the Nebraska game. After the, well, you know, <laughs> as long as it as long as it may have t- taken it, like he did learn from it. But again, like that's what concerns me because if you're QB one at OU, you have to overcome it. Things are going to be hard. You're going to have days where every like stuff doesn't go right. You know, like even like 2017 in Manhattan, Kansas State goes out to a 14 nothing lead. Baker Mayfield apparently didn't practice all week that week. And, oh, you started off in a hole. So it's like, obviously, you throw the script out. You've got to change some stuff up. And then Baker Mayfield and company overcame, despite having a fairly bad defense that could not stop Kansas State that day. So I I hope that that's what I see. If OU is truly going to turn the season around and hit their ceiling and get in stride, then it's going to be because Spencer Rattler can overcome because I don't know when we can expect the offensive line to be consistent. I don't know. I don't know when we can expect somebody out of this receiving core to rise above and just be like the guy like Mario Williams has been very good. Marvin Mims is good whenever he's thrown the ball. Jaden Hazelwood is fine when he's throwing the ball, but no one's really like separated themselves. And there are reasons. Mike Woods is close. Mike Woods is close. We're we're all close. close. We're all very close. And uh, I mean, speaking of being close, I think it's time for, you know, all those guys to just, you know, be a man, look each other in the eye, and finish. Yeah, just please finish. The game. Uh, finish the game. <laughs> finish. finish the game. <laughs> you know, it, since they're so close, I'm so they close. need to do that. They're so close. Oh, They started off, Kansas State started off that game with a 75-yard touchdown run. Do you remember that? Up in Manhattan. Yeah, uh, right up the middle. Right? 75 yards. Yeah, and we just all thought, oh, it's going to be one of those days. Michael oh. Jones had a huge catch on third down over the shoulder. He, I, that was the Michael Jones game, yep. the Rodney Anderson Rodney game. Rodney Anderson had the, the game-winning touchdown run. And how much of that? I mean, I 
Lincoln Riley was screaming for a face mask before he realized Rodney had the edge and was like, oh, never mind. Go, 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 go. No doubt. What, how much of the – because even for me, like, I'm a little confused, like, how much to weigh on this, Brady, but the running game. I mean, I know Steven has some OU stats out. We're working on our stuff right now, but, you know, the whole yards before contact thing will basically, you know, how many yards is a running back gaining before a defender hits him? Not a lot in this offense. They had five yards in the Western Carolina game, and it's almost basically been under one and all the other three. Like, how much is that truly? And they're throwing the football 52% of the time this year. Yeah. Like, how much of that is playing into kind of what we're saying? Because this is a little different. This is this is not the normal 45-55 pass to run. I mean, yeah. this is... Because it can't be at this point. It, the hope is that the offensive line just starts gelling. So if they start running the football, you, you think this thing takes off? I mean, I know I'm not a big, like... As as an as a nerd nowadays, I'm not a big like pass. You know, establish the pass. Like that's not like I think our data is incomplete to know if that's actually a true thing. So, what what do you think? And just I know you you always think historically, and you think you know recent past and that. I just don't know how much to weigh like a lack of running game is hurting this offense. Well, I think it's absolutely hurting this offense just from the standpoint of you know, like if Spencer Rattler had legs, sure, I think that could alleviate a lot of pain i'm not advocating for this whatsoever but anybody that's completely dismissive of like even that joel clatt video that was passed around today where he says he just has a throwaway line of hey like caleb williams had had the same problems well not exactly he'd probably avoid some of that pressure and then pick up some yards spencer can't like he just cannot do that so nothing wrong that's just not his game so you move on from that um oh you can't even manufacture a running game with screens because the receivers are poor blockers thus far. So I think if the offensive line gels or OU just schemes around not being able to run straight up the middle. Not run it a counter on the first play of the game like yeah. they did against West Virginia. Yeah, like silly things like that. But if they can if they can get the running game going, then everything else trickles down from it. And Joel Klatt mentioned that for eight minutes. Like if they can run the football, then that opens up play action, which is where I completely disagree with them on the aspect of like, oh, the corner, the corner will come up and help in the run game, and it's like, no. Well, I think the linebackers don't sit in coverage, right? Sure. If if they're afraid of Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray getting six, seven, eight yards of carry, I think there's part of it to that, but also like, if DCs and and we've I we sh- I tried to show this in 2020 tape, Brady, but. Like, they're just dropping these guys off the line of scrimmage. I mean, ball snapped. Like, if they don't read run, it's just – it's just yeah. they're out of town. Like, they don't give a shit. So, I don't know. I'm 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 just lost on it. Like, this whole – as you know with me in the last six days, just <laughs> trying to figure out the why of this Oklahoma problem. We found the defensive problem, finally. Uh, we all know if, you, how, if you've watched the uh, second cut of the defense, Brady, but – it's against West Virginia. I watched the Kansas State video today you put out the, right. of with their defense. Yeah. I mean, so we was, I was going through that slant flat. I know we're reviewing the OU game again, but I went through that slant. They did the slant flat thing like four times before Grinch adjusted in the first half. And then West Virginia ran it three times in the second half again. And it was the same thing. And it's like. I mean, how much of that is a coach trying to see if his players just learn? 
It, there, it which could is be part which, of it. which is silly to do when it's a tight ball game, but you've got to figure that out. You got to figure that shit out at some point because they might do it fine in practice, which I don't know if anyone's paid attention, but I would have no I would have no I would not be shocked if the linebackers are covering the slants well in practice because has anybody seen this offense? <laughs> <laughs> so slant like the way they're running it with the solo receiver and manned up, like that's the hardest thing to do in coverage, like manning up a slant because it's just real quick and easy for the receiver to get off the line and get into the zone. And if the call is that the linebacker is going to take the running back in the flat, then, you know, like that leaves that area of the field open. And they adjusted. They started running zone against it into that area, and it changed the game for them. And I'm not going to sit here. I don't – I haven't seen it from Kansas State, honestly. But, again, like you want to talk about – you want to talk about if they're – something that could be just drastically bad and different this week. If Kansas State just came out and said, not different, but would be drastic for this game and make this game drastically different. Kansas State came out and just second and six, third and three, fourth and one, first down. Second and six, third and three, fourth and one, first down. And, I like, nothing gives me confidence that they'll, like, Oklahoma is going to be at a point to where on the first drive they can make an adjustment, like, off the fly, like, you know, this and that. And then that puts the offense in a really tough spot in terms of the margin for error for them the rest of the game. So, there's a lot, man. I can't figure this whole puzzle out. And you know me, like, it drives me freaking crazy. It's driving me crazy since Saturday. And, like, I want to sit here and have confidence and talk to you about OU football. <laughs> I can't. I don't know if anybody I, can. I just can't put, point my finger on, like, the problem with the offensive line. Like, it, nope. some, of, some of it is miscommunication. Some of it is just lack of reps and cohesion. Uh, some of it is I don't even see the aggression. Like, we mentioned it on Tuesday. It just seems like... It just seems like the offensive line is just okay with having the guys come to them, like their their man come to them instead of them uh, setting the line, right? And that is not how you that is not how you get a running game going. That is how you have your running back run into your back. Andrew Rame was it Andrew Rame or was it uh, was it Chris Murray on the fourth and two? Oh, on the fourth and one on yeah. the. Uh I mean, it was every day. West Virginia just brought the house, but Mesador blew Raymond in the backfield is what happened. I mean, I was rewatching the game, and Tyrese Robinson just whipped on a guy who didn't even do – he didn't do a rip move. He didn't swim. It wasn't a stunt. He just he just simply missed him. And, and that's I, the – I think that's the play where that on was the All-22 we saw that Mike Woods was open on the back, like Rattler was coming back around to find him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But even that play, like, you know, you go into the second – you go to the second level with the quarterback, have a little bit of better – like, I know this can't happen all the time, but if you're all-star, you know, NIL, for number one overall pick Heisman Trophy winning candidate guy, uh, then please avoid some pressure. Be better at that. Yeah, he got out and got rid of the football in that one. But yes, yes, to your point. Yes, I'm not. I'm not dismissing it. You it, have to be a little bit more cognizant of that, especially when you th- know your offensive line's protection is going to be a little bit shaky. Yeah, and so. I well, I mean, is there probably truth, Brady? That they, I'm not going to sit here and say they downplayed West Virginia's defensive line, but I mean, we're sitting. Me, you, and I are sitting here for a week, basically. Like these guys are freaking good. Like these defensive tackles are. One of them's a probably going to be a top 100 pick when it's all said and done it's so odd because nebraska's front seven was supposed to be really good and they've proven to be fairly you know like fairly pretty decent pretty decent and OU was fine mm-hmm. they weren't as good as 
West Virginia was definitely better. I think I told you this last week. They were better than Nebraska. I don't know if this is a great segue into Kansas State, but there's a there's zero excuse this week. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I hate to just say that because I don't want to put in people's heads like Kansas State's not any good. But I mean, the only problem they have in the run game is because those safeties play the run so well. <laughs> there shouldn't be any problem moving these guys this week. Zero yeah. along the defensive line. Here's the problem. I, I feel like you've said going into a game, this offensive line is not good, like maybe twice. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not counting Western Carolina. Yeah. Um, and OU, for the most part, had more successes than not in those games, but not enough. Mm-hmm. Not near enough to the point of domination where... Talk like, about Kansas State's offensive... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Kansas yeah. State's offensive yeah, line. Okay. So I have no doubt OU's going to have a lot of success against this offensive line, especially from the standpoint of if they drop Skylar Thompson back. But I don't really suspect uh, expect them to ask him to throw 20, 25 times in the pocket. Got to get into second and eights. Second and Yeah, tens. it's just going to be a whole bunch of QB power. It's going to be a whole bunch of stuff underneath outlet passes, and then just get the ball to Deuce Vaughn and what was his name? Joe Durr. Um, they're backup running back. Not yes, Joe Dierte. Yeah. Uh, Kansas States? Yeah, they're backup running back. Oh, well, I don't know. I just know Durham. the number 20. I know the 20. I know his num- I know the name by the yeah, number. Yeah, he's another smaller back that's kind of like – He's fun. It's kind of like Deuce Vaughn. man. So, I mean, that, that's what they're going to do. And so this is a game where the linebackers should be able to feast – Mm. But the linebackers don't feast. They don't make plays. Mm. Mm. I mean, maybe Danny Stutzman perhaps being a game-time decision. But just like we said on Tuesday, if that's the difference, then that's an indictment. That's a problem. That is an absolute problem. I was. I wanted to say, I was focusing on Kansas State's defensive line. Okay, they were, yeah, they're, and as you, as you heard me in the film review, it was like, 91 is the only one that should cause problems this week. He's pretty good. He's a sophomore. Real long physical guy, but let let's go to the Kansas State offense. That offensive line is what? How how did I phrase this? This is the best unit they have played, but individually they're not very good. Which I think Oklahoma fans would take in a, a unit that's individually not good, and for them to be average right now. So they they're not super strong. They're not super physical. You saw me slow down Brady twice and just be like, Perry on Winfrey, please watch this snap. <laughs> please. <laughs> uh, and do it every snap what these guys are doing because you're better than them. Featuring Perry on Winfrey. And so, and but the big thing, like you said, and you mentioned the linebackers, for them, like not even the run fits I'm necessarily like worried with them about. It's, this zone, it's the zone read and all the other eye candy that Kansas State's going to give them. I mean – 2019, we talk about it all the time. I mean, this, that's that is the Picasso for Kansas State. That is one of the most well put together game plans and schemes for a single game, and they didn't play like that the rest of the year. Well, I mean, when you say eye candy, are we talking about they're just going to motion a lot of guys, or they're going to have like a lot of tight trip sets that are confusing? Confusing the guards. You know, we talk about this with Kenneth Murray, the way they pull their guards sometimes and return them, and like the way they pull their guards, and he's like, oh, their little trap plays, their little traps yeah. and stuff that they do. It's it's interesting, but the biggest thing is if they can just stop the zone read game and not get out, and I know you saw me point this out, not get into position, I promise you if there's only two defenders on the left side of the field when there's not a receiver over there and there's only a tight end and Oklahoma only has two over there, I will be texting you and be like, what are they doing? 
because it's an automatic. They just all they do is just they leave the end free. They have a linebacker there, and they have a if you the end crashes down, Brady, the quarterback just pulls it, and there's no one there besides the one blocker and the linebacker. And it's yep. just again, I, I hate to you know put all these you know warning signs in like what could happen, but until like you're talking about with everybody, like for me, like until and I hate to keep singling him out, but because he's really, really good, and they they responded and adjusted well last week, finally, about midway through the second quarter. But, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say this is going to be a major test for Grinch, but it, like if, it wouldn't be surpri- it would surprise me if it is. You know what I'm this saying? This is a monkey he needs to get off of his back. God, it is. It definitely is. And they're not with Will Howard nor the uh, five. Do have, you know what the backup's name is, but the backup to the backup? Oh, I heard it today, and I just thought, oh, well, we're not going to see him anyway. He's better than Will Howard, so maybe everybody's better than Will, Will Howard. <laughs> so it's uh, they don't do any of the empty stuff offensively, Brady, with those guys in like they do with uh, Skylar Thompson. They don't throw the football downfield near as much. It's definitely more Colin Klein, Kansas State-ish with those other guys, and take what they can give you. Uh, Malik Knowles was the only good receiver. That poor guy. An NFL guy that's stuck in that offense. Um, help me. Oh, he'll get plenty of help on Saturday. We know pro- this. Probably will. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to say, if they can generate negative plays on first down and then not get overzealous or overaggressive on second and eights. Jake Rubley? Rubley? Jaron Lewis. There we go. Jaron Lewis. Jerry Thank- Lewis. <laughs> yes. He's pretty good. Like, I was actually pretty impressed with him. The, he played in the Oklahoma State in the Nevada game. But, no, I just want to say, like, if they can get into second and eights and second and tens this week, as I pointed out, and Grinch does, doesn't does try to do something cute in terms of a blitz or a, a, a pass blitz or a run stun or something, and they just play – I mean, Kansas State's going to run – if they're at the 40 to the 50 to the other 40, so in that 20-yard range, they're going to run the football in third and eight. They're going to run the football in second and ten because they, they don't care. They're playing field position because that's how I, – I hate to kind of put it this – I mean, that's just Kansas State football. That's what they do. I do want to put Grinch's performance against Kansas State in perspective because mm-hmm. I think that's important. I, I'm not asking you to, like, go back last year or two years ago to, like, break anything down because those are different teams. But in terms of Grinch – he had an awful first quarter two years ago. An awful first quarter that mm-hmm. set the tone for the game. They adjusted, but uh, as we've said a zillion times, one of Kenneth Murray's worst, worst games. Yeah, it was Rose Bowl even, 2.0. Even worse than you know the Mike Stoops era yeah. for Kenneth Murray. It was bad Kenneth Murray performance. Last year, two plays, and one of them was just two missed tackles on Deuce Vaughn, and then he... Then he was free, and then Patrick Fields caught up to him. Mm-hmm. The like the only real bad schematic play was just getting Brian Mead on somebody, and rem- I remember they, someone saying it wasn't you know he wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, they but they busted somebody busted. So, Alice Grinch has actually done fairly well against Kansas State. It's just come down to what Kansas State wants you to do is they want to put you in a position where if one guy fucks up, one guy. Then we'll then we'll be good. Yeah, and you understood my title for the video today. Yeah. Then I mean they that's what they want. They want you to zig. They want they don't want you doing what they do. They don't want you to play their game. They want you to play your game, and we're gonna play off you. And you know, in my head, guys, it's like I don't. After watching the last two weeks, if Skylar Thompson's not at quarterback, like there should be any reason why there should be any success for them 
offensively, especially when you add in the fact that Nick Benito's on this team, you add in the fact that Josh Ellison and Isaiah Coe and Jordan Kelly and Corey Robertson or Roberson and Isaiah Thomas and you go through those list of, list of guys, Brady. Like there's, <laughs> I keep laughing, but because I'm laughing because I feel y'all a little bit. It's like yes, there is no reason they shouldn't have any success this week, or there there there's no reason why Kansas State should put up three quality drives against them. But I mean, can you trust them that that's not gonna yeah, happen? I mean, to me, the easiest thing to like say about this game is for the defense, just simply don't don't let them blitz you like in terms of like big scoring barrages like the yes. 2017 game don't get don't let that happen yes because I don't know if this offense is good enough to match that at this point until they start seeing their own success before them and then right. they get that confidence back so if this has to be like another seven eight possession game where OU allows their mid-tier opponent to dictate the pace then so be it because OU's already proven that they can win those games. And also, for the turnover problems that this offense has kind of had, they've at least proven that in the second half, when it's nut-cutting time, they do take care of the football. Mm-hmm. So if OU's in a position kind of like where they were last year against Kansas State, where they did have the ball last, Spence rather had that interception to, in the game, basically, um, I've at least, I at least have the confidence that that won't happen. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen that over three of their first four games, that they can do that. So... At the very least, defense, just allow that to happen. Yeah, don't let the... That shouldn't be that much to ask for. Don't let the seven... If they get into a third and seven on the first drive, they need to get off the field. Third and six, get off the field. If it's a second and ten, end up getting off the field. There's no reason not to. And so there's there's a lot there. And I, I think, you know, along the same lines of what we're talking about, like, living up to expectation, I... I do think like we fall into this, and I I'm I'm a fall to this as more as much as anybody, like fall into this category, Brady of, well the defense was 81st in SP plus three years ago, <laughs> like look at where they're at now, but this should be a top 15 defense, like this should be a top 20 top 15 defense, you know, and feel confident about it, and right now it just it is after the first drive and the first drive of the second half. like Hell, Alex Grinch would agree with you because he's the last person that I would think uh, would be okay with being complacent. Yeah, no doubt. You know, like This is not good enough. So whether that's like the football team being complacent or even the fans being complacent, because, again, we're, we're, we're attacking the fans for, I mean, Kleiman called the fan base a little too spoiled. Joel Klatz said that. Every media member that wants to be on Spencer Rattler's good side is like saying, like you know, <laughs> save your booze or whatever. I got on his bad side last year. Come on, but I mean, being complacent or just being happy with what has transgressed, like that's a loser mentality. Sure. So the linebackers should still be reading their Greek philosophy, apparently, because mm. they, like, yeah, you're four zero and you've you've not been terrible, but you've also not really made any plays that right. jump, jump out. Of the off the Des- tape, Deshaun White, Deshaun White putting had- it together a little bit. Now he's got to keep doing it every week. Now Brian Brian Asamoa has overran like lanes and second he- strike week. We can't talk about Brian Asamoa being close, Brady. Yeah, well, he's close because of the collective. The collective being close. <laughs> David Aguebu is the only guy that I've actually seen make plays. Last week was a big week for him. Nebraska, he had a huge like stop on the line of scrimmage on a play that could have easily gone for a little bit of a chunk yardage. Uh, he stopped that in its tracks. But he, unfortunately, will give up a player to a quarter in coverage. 
or he just gets lost in the trash. So like e- even s- some of the pauses, they just get out. They just get outweighed. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to keep harping on the linebackers because I hope Nick Benito has uh, Key Lawrence can't bust this week if he n- gets in. Yes. I mean, four games in, are we are we concerned that the safeties are the leading tacklers? No, not whenever like you. Hate if to it was pull D- the if hole. it was only DTY, it would make sense to me. It's like it's not that much of a sample size. We'll see how that goes. But him and Patrick Fields, who admittedly has been very good this year. Yeah, he's again. Uh, you want to talk about a guy? I said this. What was it on the radio this week? Like, how do you weigh returning production? Or last Friday, whenever it was, right? Like. He's that guy that has taken a step forward that has returned while other guys have taken a step back. Yes. And it's that's where the concern is when we talk about Patrick Fields. It's not necessarily we're trying to crap on him. It's just we expected other people to be better mm-hmm. right now. And he does he did a he did a good job last week, like understanding, you know, he missed I think one route where he got beat pretty bad. But regardless of that, man, I this defense is gonna be okay this week or should be, and I hate to say that and I actually said that pretty confidently. I don't have that confidence right now. Just because, like you said, like all Kansas State wants you to do is they want you to keep running your same stuff, and that first time that one guy doesn't do his job and they get a 35-yard play, they're in business for the rest of the game yeah. almost. And it's that it's going to be that for – it's going to be 60 minutes of a physical strain for them this week, Brady. But even more so, it may be 60 minutes of a mental strain this week. And – I'm interested to see kind of how they answer that call. Because like you said, Brian Osamoas got better last week a little bit. But Aguebu White took steps. Shane Witter, welcome to the party. Uh, He's getting in on some tackles. He's showing that he could be a sure tackler at the very least. Yeah, he's grown from week one to week four, which is positive. What you you want. But outside of that, no. And to your answer, finally, final point here and answer answer your question. But no, I... Not too worried because, like, that tells me that those guys are being aggressive in run fits. And that also could tell me that a team is getting really short passes that those guys have to make tackles on. Yeah. And so those guys are just being relied upon right now. Like, that should change. But if it doesn't, like, I don't see that being a major issue. That makes sense. Anything else on defense before we switch over to offense real quick? No. I'm good. Because, you know, obviously with Kansas State running this 3-3-5 thing, the only – the biggest concern off the, off the bat for me is great. The offensive line is going to have to count. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that you hit the nail on the head there. And, and even though I think for the most part, as it stands right now, because of course this will change as the game plays and OU has successes and failures and Kansas State will adjust to that. Um, whatever you count on the line of scrimmage, two or three of those guys are going to drop in coverage. So out you've out you're going to outnumber their defensive like their pass rushers rushers so there should be no reason why anton harrison if he plays or starts this week uh because he was bent for wani morris but there should be no reason why i see ou offensive linemen chasing their man no i think the the biggest thing you you just touched on it about counting i like how many guys are playing the box you know i did that one play where like, they kind of inverted their look, and they had two safeties in the box, yeah. like, playing. And, you know, like, you got seven guys committed to the run game on every play, Brady. If it's not the f- seven guys in the box, like, that's going to make life really, really difficult for them. And, but at the end of the day, this is what I was saying earlier, there is zero excuse. I'll say it louder. There is zero excuse. Zero this week. 91 is their only guy 
that should cause problems. 92 is pretty good. He's their nose tackle. They have a couple 90s, not bad. But 91 is their true game-changing guy. He's a defensive end. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. I Again, I'm not going to sit here and say the offensive line is like magic wand. Oh, your issues are fixed. But not going against Dante Stills and Keith Messador and, and that group and not going against Damian Collins and that group from Nebraska. That should be a breath of fresh air for them. And even credit the guys from Tulane that I mentioned, Eric Hicks and uh, Jeffrey Johnson, 77 and 94. Those guys are good, too. All like, of which looked fairly human against Ole Miss, but, they, you know, whatever. They, they did. They did. But those guys are good, too. Like, these guys aren't as good as that. And there's no reason these guys, this, this offensive line should have problems this week. In the run game, if you're seeing six, seven-yard runs that are like, oh, man, like that should have been a 15, 20-yard run, that's because how Kansas State plays defense these days which is why it's hard to get chunk runs on Iowa State, mm-hmm. why it's hard to get chunk runs on Baylor, why it's hard to get chunk runs on when Dave Aranda was at LSU and they were running it. So, again, like you're looking at a, a scheme that, Brady, if there was one thing that you can point to, especially maybe predict or project, it's going to take a minute for Lincoln and Spencer to get together and figure out what the defense is running specifically. Like what – when it all comes down to it, what is their main coverage and how are they window dressing it? And we saw last year Oklahoma knew what Iowa State was going to do, Brady. And on that first drive, what did they do? They basically run across her across the middle of the field with Stogner. They get the safety to bite, and Charleston Rambo's open behind the defense. That is, if you're listening to this now, you'll see that play Friday night um, in my little kind of final scouting report deal I do at the first of my Friday night post, but there's going to be windows, man. There's going to be plays. There's going to be holes to run through. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. And if they just go out and execute and do what they do and do their job every snap, like you're hearing me laugh, start to laugh again. But, like, there's no excuse this week. Zero. Like, I can't sit here and tell you their defensive line is going to be good. I can't sit here and tell you that the secondary is good. There will be excuses if somebody runs the wrong route and then we need to be educated why it's not – it's all Spencer Rattler's fault. I'll say something, that's for sure. Well, people need to stop being mean. Stop being mean. To leave Spencer alone. I mean, if someone runs a wrong route, I'll I'll point it out. I mean, I won't I won't blame him completely on it, but I'll it, yell at him from the television. <laughs> but I again, like there's just no excuse. Like zero. You faced this defense already before twice. You actually did a really good job at quarterback against them once. Iowa State and Ames was ex- – I mean, I thought he was good that night. Yeah. Um, so – I'd like that Spencer Rattler to come back except for the game clinching interception and just the overall loss of that game. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see TCU-Texas Tech see that offense come out. You know, but again, I, I, I think it'll be the passing game. It needs to take some time to get going, which is always happens against this kind of defense when you face them for the first time. But, Brady, if 91 is a problem for them this week at end between Robinson, Morris, and Harrison, if he's a problem, like, that's where I start to come on beat and bow and be like, what are we, what, what's going on? Like, what are we doing? Because he's good. He's not great. The guys last week were great players. That's just Kansas State. They're, they're not great. No. They're a good football team. They've got a – some bunch of good players, but I'm oh you just needs to oh you just needs to play like themselves. Mm-hmm. You guys are four and five stars all over the place. Mm-hmm. Play like it. 
Mm-hmm. It's just one of those. It's it, you can't. I can't figure it out. And it, like, my, I, I've said this a few times. I'm a broken record, but it's just because like OU is close. OU's close to being a two to four loss team. They're also close to being an undefeated team. Because I, I hope people understand the the margin is so fine between teams that are good, great, or average. Like it is so fine. The two thousand the twenty fourteen team was two or three plays away from being a ten win team. Mm-hmm. Straight up. They still weren't going to be very good as time showed, but they were they were a missed field goal away chip shot from beating Kansas State, being nine and three at the very least. They were a repunt away to Tyreek Hill. From you add that to the case KSU win if they hit a field goal being a ten win team didn't they have a fumble against TCU in Fort Worth that they year? had a fumble against TCU in the fourth quarter they had a pick six against TCU and all that and they still had a chance to win that is how close it is from being you you look at the final season tallies and go that's a ten win team they weren't that bad. Yeah, but they could have been two or three plays away from losing some of those games and being an eight-win team. So OU is close, but they're close in either direction. Mm-hmm. And you can look at numbers, you can look at the tape, you can watch the games, and you can have a differing opinion either way. The problem is, is there's no correct answer, so it's really hard to kind of like marry yourself to one right. way of thinking. And it just really comes down to Spencer Rattler making plays and overcoming guys making mistakes. It comes down to the offensive line playing like the four- and five-star guys that they are. It comes down to the receivers playing like the badasses that they were hyped as in high school and running the right damn routes or blocking or helping their teammates out or making plays. Like on 50-50 balls, hey, you're supposed to be, you're going to be in the NFL. 90% of your, pa- ca- your the balls thrown to you are going to be 50-50 balls. If you can't, you gotta go, if get you can't go get it, then so long making money playing football. Mm-hmm. Is that won't last long. So it really comes down to that. If OU wants to be close to being a national title contender, which they still technically are, I hope that they find that before a loss. Because if they lose a game this year, I don't know if they're going to be able to backdoor their way into the playoff. And even if they did lose a game, that would have the potential to snowball. It would, and it would be because of the target they put on their back. I mean, you lose this weekend, you go down to the Cotton Bowl, your fan base isn't behind you. You go up to Manhattan and destroy Kansas State like they probably should talent-wise. I'm not calling for them to do so. Um, We'll get to our predictions in just a second. But if they did do that, it would probably strike fear in the rest of the Big 12 of, oh, God, they figured it out. For sure. And not before a loss. No doubt. No doubt. And the margin you're talking about is so interesting, too. Like... Like, again, when you do watch the tape, like you're mentioning, like if Chris Murray just blocks that guy, <laughs> the guy that's in front of him on that draw, like if he just mm-hmm. blocks him, like that's a first down. Now, again, there's once you get to that point, Rattler stumbles and not stumbles, but kind of tries to make a move and falls, you know, that could have been a first down either way. But Kenny Brooks on that screen, if he doesn't miss his guy, that's like a 30-yard play. And so are they – like, can I confidently – after the Nebraska game, I was pretty confident that based off what we saw, like the routes they were running, the way they were doing things and operating, felt pretty confident they were close. This week, I have no clue what to expect, man. No clue. I mean, I know that doesn't just go for Oklahoma. That goes for everyone around the country, Brady, but no clue. Zero. And that's probably what makes this game so intriguing and why we're all kind of – want to watch it as bad as we do right like I don't know what Oklahoma team is going to show up in Manhattan 
I don't I don't know if Spencer Rattler is going to grow from understanding what West Virginia was going to do after the first quarter last week. I don't know that. I don't know if this offensive line is going to deal with 91 and 92 well or 90. I don't know any of these things at this point. And that's why, you know what? You don't want to go in the Cotton Bowl against OU Texas. You know, who cares how Texas plays this weekend? You don't want to go down there not knowing who you are. Because if you have to find out who you are at the Cotton Bowl in that environment with that kind of pressure, you're done for. Yeah. And so that's my final spiel in this game. Again, I, I look at it. There shouldn't be any reason they have problems running the football this week, but there will be at some point because, of course, there shouldn't be any reason after about the first quarter and a half, Brady, that this passing game is just not lighting them up. But, of course, at some, of course if, that if will Lincoln's happen. If Lincoln's the play designer that we know him to be, then he's figured out a way like, okay, if we can't do it classically, we're going to do it in a more interesting, exotic way. Yeah, no we doubt. have to run the football. <laughs> no, we no, absolutely have to. No doubt. No doubt. As fun as it might seem to just, oh, if we can't run the football, then just go tech and wide splits and five wide. No. No. Because that would have a that would have a very short lifespan of it, success. It would. And like I said, I, I can't trust that. I think this defense is good. I think they've got great elements. It's a great scheme. I just think, again, I've said this to you, like you become, it's had so much success and you fall in love with it so much. It's so hard to get away from it. And I just don't have the confidence right now. And again, this is the three things I'm mentioning, like can be proven wrong on Saturday. And I'm not saying a one game, like outcome is going to change my opinion, but I don't have trust that Grinch is going to adjust that quick. Like on the first drive, if they're doing something twice in a row, that's pretty good. Like the third time, hey, do something different. Like, don't let Kansas State have a nine-minute drive to start the game. Don't let them have an eight-minute drive to start the second half or well, six-minute, whatever it was last week. So, those are the three things for me this week, man. Like, I just don't have – I don't know. Like, I don't know if Spencer's going to take steps. I don't know if the offensive line is going to show up and be the group that they need to be against the defensive line. They should dominate. Dominate. Now, and I don't know if Grinch is going to adjust quick enough to, to do that. So – I'm intrigued. If those three things hit, we're going to be sitting here talking Saturday night, Brady, and we're going to be feeling a lot better about what this season looks like for Oklahoma. And I think maybe feel a lot better about their chances this year. But I can't, again, like I told you, like I can't, at this, I, we can't assume. It's not just I told you this. You said this yep. perfectly. You can't assume this stuff anymore. Like until it's shown on tape, until it's proven, you can't prove it. Quick programming note, speaking of that post-game show, I will not be on it, so it's going to be up to you two and perhaps a third if you we can find somebody because I'll be at a wedding, and then I've got to wake up at 4.30 Sunday morning to do a remote at the uh, finish line of the Oklahoma City Marathon for the franchise, which, Matt, you will also be setting that stuff up, won't yes, you? Yes, I will. I will be, uh, I'll be the one setting it all up, baby. Yeah, it's going to be a quick, quick turnaround. So uh, depending on when the game ends, because I also have a wedding at 6.00, so it just kind of de- – we'll play it by ear. Mm. But I'm planning on probably not being on this one. But we we, we will see. Uh, but now let, let's get to the predictions part. And I guess for me, I mean, I kind of struggle picking OU to win because this is their first true road game in a long time. This is the first true road game for a lot of these players. First true road game for uh, QB1. Yeah. And it's it's definitely going to be a factor. But – you would hope that 
these players understand that they always have targets on their backs, and it doesn't matter if they're playing at home or away. They know they've got a multitude of haters, and they'll perform no matter what. But having said all that, I mean, OU's 4-0. They're the better team. They've got more talent. It's hard to see Kansas State beating OU three years in a row, especially when you consider the fluky nature in which they won last year. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I I still think it was probably going to be close, so I'm going to say 31-24 Oklahoma. Man, we're all over each other. We're all over each other the last couple weeks. Uh Uh-oh. I'm at 38-24. The total's at 52. That feels right. 38 feels right. It'll be a, not a not as low possession, Brady, as what we've seen, but it'll again be like an 11, 12 possession. Game. I think we. I think at the very least we see some explosive plays from OU this week, just by sheer virtue of it's about fucking time. Well, and, and like as again, I hate to keep saying this, but with you guys can subscribe to the Patreon if you want to see this kind of stuff. But I mean, as we saw, like they tried last week. Like Griffin credit, like. I didn't think they were going to open it up last week at all. And by the second half came around, Brady, I mean, there was a, an opportunity for a deep ball on almost every play, like yeah. if it was there. So we'll see. I'm not confident. I will say on that note, when the line came out and OU was favored under 14 points, I thought that was great value. And it is uh, among my picks this week because of that. That should be another motivating factor for this team. Like, you're only favored by 10 against Kansas State. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a you really want to know why? Point. And if, like, Leaky Riley is any type of motivator, like we <laughs> hope that he is, he's pressing that. Like, you guys are only favored by 10 against this team. You want to know why? Because we've all played and coached like shit. Yeah. yeah. Credit to him, man. I, I, was, I was shocked now. I'm not happy with the fact I said this on Tuesday to wrap up. I, I was not happy to that they continue to kind of stoke this fire necessarily, right? Credit to him for putting a little blame on himself for this because, I, like I said, I haven't heard him be that way yet at OU. Yeah. Maybe since 2015 in the early – in the OU-Texas game that year, that was a disaster. You want to talk about offensive line affecting a quarterback in that game. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I uh, – anyways, that's, that's Matt, all I got, man. Matt, Matt, you got a prediction? Yeah, give me 31-23 OU. I don't think they'll cover because they – I don't think they have yet. Have they? Against they a Division one team? Uh, against a Division one team? It's still tough to cover that point line, but yes, you're right. You're yeah, right. It so was the only game. Go. Yeah, I know. I know. But I, I just – I don't think that they cover. Uh, I, I will be happy if they cover and, you know, look great on offense doing that. But I have to see it first. So I got to keep – I got to pick like, they, like they've been showing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, that'll about wrap it up here. Hopefully the next time I talk to you guys, if I'm not on the post-game show, it's, uh, hey, OU's 5-0. and Going into the Cotton Bowl against Texas. I don't think... 5-0 and close. If, if OU loses, I don't think that we can do a post-game until you're back. I won't I be able to, that's for sure. That's, you know, that's... <laughs> that's until, until Brady's back, I don't... I don't I think that's what the patrons would want. That's a that's they would not want to hear me. But Brady playing. has a wedding, yeah, so of course they're going to play good because he can't watch all the games. <laughs> right. I should be able to. I mean, this is Kansas State. This game should be over in about an hour and a half. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we will see. We will see. I, I'd like to be on it. We'll just see what time everything kind of rolls around when our schedules link up on Saturday. But I'll try to be on. If not. We might hold off, or it'll just be you two guys rocking it. You guys will do a good job. But, everybody, thank you so much. Shout out to Vanessa House for taking care of us like they always do every Thursday. Uh, 
patrons, you know about some event coming up fairly soon. So uh, refer to the Patreon page. I have it pinned at the top. So uh, hopefully everybody can be involved with that. I won't say anything further. Shout out to our patrons who get this podcast on Thursday for the first 24 hours. Thank you all so very much for helping us do what we want to do. We appreciate you guys so very much. Hopefully you're enjoying all the content. Hopefully you enjoyed the funny little video I made. Uh, Let me me say, it was excellent. (laughs) I texted Brady, and I think everybody understands at this point. I could not retweet or acknowledge it in the social realm, but it is amazing. It It is amazing. Taylor Swift... Has uh has she ever missed? No, never. Never. What a silly question. I mean, is. I didn't like the um. Oh, what was the album with "Look What You Made Me Do"? What was that one called? You know where oh, she? Oh, yes, I she, know what it's called, and it's gonna bother me. Where she went gangsta? Oh man, I've got like a deluxe set of it, and I can't remember what the damn thing's called. That was the only album where I'm just like, eh, I, I appreciate you trying to do something different, but. It wasn't a swing and a miss. It was a um, ground out RBI. <laughs> you know, she okay. she scored a run, but she uh, she did not get on base, which is fine. You know, that's a good team player that gets you in the Hall of Fame. Was it Lover? No, 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 no. Reputation. The, reputation. There you go. Yeah, was it the black and white one. Yep. Yeah, that that one. That that's probably my least favorite Taylor Swift album. Like speak speak and uh, purple. Is purple an album or is that Stone, that's Stone Temple Pilots? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, 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 no. But also shout out to Anytime Fitness for helping us out on 23rd Street. Shout out to Garrett, the the owner, operator of Anytime Fitness. And shout out to you, the listeners. Even if you're not on Patreon, we still love you so much. Hopefully you enjoy all the content as well. But everybody, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, Boomer Sooner, and we will talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs>